Hey everyone, it's Michael Litchens here with CatholicExchange.com. Today's guest is Mr. Jeff Cavins, who's been on the podcast before, ages ago, we'll link it, and he's coming on today to talk about the Bible. You know, that thing that supposedly Catholics never read. As Mr. Cavins will tell us, he actually came back to the Catholic Church due to his love and study of Scripture. And now he's teaching it in a thing called the Great Adventure Bible Course. He's also been behind the podcast, The Bible in a Year, which is one of the top podcasts, not just in religion, but in all categories. And he has some fascinating insights to share about how you can start reading the Bible. And we'll also link some resources down at the bottom. If you have any questions, editor at catholicexchange.com. That's editor at catholicexchange.com. And if you want to hear more from Jeff, he's leading pilgrimages. He has social media links. Go to Jeff with two F's cavens.com check the show notes for all that information and now let us join jeff i'll have a few notes to give at the end all right mr cavens this year you're going to be giving the keynote address on in september 13th and 14th at the national catholic prayer breakfast if i recall you're going to be talking a little bit about the bible and your version did those two kind of play a part with each other um, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, speaking to the prayer breakfast, and I'm talking about uh, discipleship, and I'm talking about my coming back to the Catholic faith and, and scripture, and they, they absolutely played a, a role, one with the other. Uh, I had been a student of the Bible since I was 18 years old, and I ended up leaving the Catholic Church at, I think, uh, about 21, mm-hmm. and uh, 21, 22, and then uh, I became a Protestant pastor and, uh, and it was in those years that I really studied the early church fathers, and oh. I concluded that the, the church that I was pastoring, uh, which was an independent charismatic church, really mm-hmm. didn't look anything like the early church as I was reading the <laughs> church fathers. And so that was a bit of a crisis of faith, and, and the more I studied, the more it looked like that early church was Catholic, and that led into my reversion or my, my coming back to the, to the Catholic church. Very fascinating. I'm, I had a similar trajectory, but I was born Protestant. Uh, but when you were reading the early church, what was the first thing that stood out about you and their approach to the Christian life? Well, I think the, the, the one thing that stood out to me was how, how so much of their life and worship and community was a fulfillment of, uh, of things in the Old Testament. So, for example, uh, the papacy. Uh, in the Old mm. Testament, that that position was called the prime minister, or in Hebrew, the al habait, and that was the one that was over the household, and um, <clears throat> and that that person was also identified with having keys, and uh, so the, you know when we come to the New Testament, most mm-hmm. Protestants don't even look for that. They know okay who who has the keys in the in the New Testament. You would be hard pressed to find anybody who's even asking that question which yeah. speaks to the knowledge of the Old Testament. But uh, the papacy, also the Gebera, the queen mother, uh, and uh, the, the idea that the Eucharist was the body and blood, it was the lamb, uh, and, the, and the tradition being scripture and, uh, or the uh, word of God being scripture and tradition. So, you know, the more I read those early church fathers, the more, <clears throat> excuse me, the more I, uh, yeah. the more I, I just started to to see that that uh, most of the the independent charismatic churches in America 
didn't line up with that at all. And that, that was a problem for me. Understandable. And it's also, I remember having those moments going, huh, not at all what I imagine it looked like. <laughs> and so Bible, you know, of course, in the Catholic Church, we kind of all have that joke that none of us have ever opened our Bible, but it seemed to have been a big reason for why you came back to the Catholic Church. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've always loved scripture and, and mm -hmm. still to today, it's, it's really the center of my life is uh, studying the Bible and teaching yeah. and hopefully living it. And, um, and I think that's part of the key to being uh, an activated disciple, as I call it, or a modern day disciple of the Lord. Absolutely. And I know you love scripture, which is a, one of the reasons why you guys got this great project coming out. I've just been learning about the last few days, uh, the Great Adventure Bible. Can you tell us a little bit about it, especially that title? Yeah. Well, the Great Adventure study uh, in itself is a study that I came up with uh, back uh, when I was at Stu before Steubenville. I taught at Franciscan University, oh. and I and I before that had created this this Great Adventure Bible timeline to help me understand the Bible in chronological order as a narrative. Mm -hmm. And when I taught it at Franciscan University, I developed a twenty four week study that took you through the entire uh, uh, throughout the the entire Bible. And uh, the timeline that we follow is color-coded. And so if you get a Bible timeline chart from Ascension, you will have in your hands the entire story of the Bible in chronological order, and it's color-coded. It became so popular that we thought, you know, we should probably put some of this information right in a Bible so that uh, people will learn how to read the Bible once they get it. The unusual thing is that... Uh, we are told to read the Bible as Catholics, but it is an incredibly rare day when someone in leadership, whether it be a priest, deacon, or a CCD teacher, formation mm -hmm. teacher, RCIA instructor, whoever, who will actually sit down and show you how to read it. And that's a lost art. And uh, uh, that's something that I'm trying to revive in Catholics today. And so that's where the Great Adventure Bible came out of that that whole scene, and uh, it has several times now reached number one in the country on Amazon for all Bibles. And so we're really mm -hmm. proud of that, as you should be. You talk about like needing to learn how to read the Bible. What has been in your experiences people's mis uh, misperceptions or confusion when they try to sit down and actually read the Bible? Sure. Well, there's, there's several of them. One is that uh, the Protestants have the Bible and we have sacraments. And so we'll just call it a day. You guys have got fun with your Bible. We'll have fun with our sacraments and we'll be friends. And uh, that's just not true. The Bible comes from the tradition of the Catholic Church. Yes. It's meant to be uh, celebrated within the tradition of the church. It's meant to be mm -hmm. lived, lived out within the, the tradition and the community uh, of, the, of the church. And uh, so that's one reason. Another reason is that that uh, a lot of people will will think that they're going to do damage to it. You know, I don't know enough. If I start studying, and I'm going to come up with the wrong interpretation, and um, uh, and I don't want to do that. And so that that is sure. another another reason. And then a third reason is is that most people have never seen their parents read a Bible, and that's problematic because children will follow what they see their parents doing. I actually just realized that was one way I was very unusual because my parents read the Bible constantly, but that's not every home I know. Uh, so what has been your experience in how you can get the whole family to read the Bible? Well, I think it starts with um, consistency. 
And mm-hmm. the two words I guess I'd use, one is consistency and the other is visibility. Consistency is where you find a time and a place every single day where you're going to meet with God and you're going to make it a high priority. And, uh, and, you, re- and you study, you do you Lexio Divina. For example, my wife and I, we get up every morning and the first thing that we do is we, we, we make tea. I make our tea and then we sit down with the Bible and we do Lexio Divina, and we pray, and we talk to each other, and that's that's well over an hour every morning that we that we do that. So we we mm-hmm. have the same place, the same time, and uh, that that really helps with biblical literacy. The second is visibility, and that is that if children are at home, it's good for them to see mom and dad with the Bible. It's good to see mom and dad talking about the yeah. Bible. And unfortunately, in so many Catholic homes, that is just not not the case. And, and that's really too bad. I also see within this program, uh, you're teaming up with a popular podcast and also have a very similar uh, path going forward to help people read the Bible in a whole year. Uh, what does that look like for the average person? Uh, it looks like it's daunting. <laughs> yes, agreed. It looks like to me it's daunting. Yeah, <laughs> it's... <laughs> but actually it's a lot of fun. We you know what happened was uh, Father Mike Schmitz and I uh, mm-hmm. decided to put together a, a podcast. It was his idea to do that initially. And um, so we have a Bible reading program with The Great Adventure where we have a three-month program, four chapters a day, where you're going to read the, the 14 narrative books. And so we thought, well, why not take the entire Bible over a year and do it in chronological order as a complete narrative? So that's how it really got started. And it's, yeah. uh, it's made up of, of Father Mike doing the daily. And then I come in and I help people as they go into each new period of salvation history and the various books that they're going to encounter. And I'm like the trail guide. I help them stay on target and on the path. And uh, so we launched it January 1st, and I think it was January 2nd, our producer called mm-hmm. and said, you guys are number one in the country. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, both said, what? And she said, number one in the country. And I thought, oh, that'll be a Catholic ranking or something. And so I said, Catholic podcast? She said, no. And I said, uh, religion? No. Everything. Joe Rogan, Ben Shapiro, murder, mystery podcast, all of it. And uh, I thought, wow. And we both looked online at Apple, and sure enough, it was number one. And it stayed there most of January and remains mm-hmm. now still in the top 25 in the country. And so that, that, really, that really boggled our, our minds, to be honest with you. And, but we do know that the Holy Spirit, we feel very strongly that the Holy Spirit is behind this mm. and uh, is doing a work, a very powerful work. Absolutely. And in many ways, I remember seeing those stats oh so long ago and was so surprised because like I gave myself a high five for being number 20 in religion once. And that's so the congratulations, of course, I can't believe that. But also, it sounds like you guys were answering a thirst people are having for the Bible. What's giving? Yeah, what's giving people that thirst to want to dive into scripture? Well, I think there's, you know, there's two things that people are looking for in light of COVID now, which is really upset families and work schedules, school, finances, all of that. There's two things that people really are looking for. One is a brighter future, and the second is someone to trust. And uh, in the world today, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get it with all the news we hear, you know, about COVID and politics and Afghanistan. Uh, People don't see that, that good, bright future 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and then when it comes to trusting people, uh, that has been shattered on a number oh, of fronts. Yeah. And so they're looking for that. And, and I think that the Great Adventure uh, Bible study, as well as Bible in a Year, offers people an opportunity to get into what the first paragraph of the catechism calls God's plan of sheer goodness. Mm-hmm. And, and it gives them a way to actually do it and be, uh, be victorious, you know, in, in learning how to read the Bible. And in the process, they come to know the heart of their heavenly father, and they come to know his, his plan, his plan of sheer goodness. And that's what people were looking for right when it was launched. And, and so it's kind of like the story of Esther, you know, for that, that particular podcast was for such a time as this. It sounds like you've also been able to kind of take in some of the feedback. Have you heard from any non-Catholics who got back into the Bible this year? And what has been their response with you guys? Oh, yeah, we've got uh, quite a few. I bet. Quite a few non-Catholics and, uh, and people in the Jewish faith mm. and uh, agnostics. Um, we've had a few atheists, actually, you know, joining. So we get people from all kinds of backgrounds. And, uh, and I think it speaks of the universality of the Bible. And it's, uh, it's, an, it's an invitation to come read the Bible with us as we mm-hmm. go through it without judgment, without uh, a test or putting people on the spot. It's just come hear the Word of God. And the Word of God has, the Word of God has power, and uh, it has power. Uh, it, will, you know, it will accomplish that which God purposes when, when the Word goes out. And, uh, and that, that's an amazing thing about it. It's different than any other book in the world. It certainly is. And it's fascinating to see people become engrossed in it after such a rough year we've all had. Oh, yeah. Have you found that your understanding from taking on such a large project? Have you and Father Jeff, I'm sorry, Father Mike found them, found each other like learning something new about the Bible or being really surprised by what you've researched? Oh, sure. I mean, th- there isn't a week that goes by that I don't learn something sure. from scripture. And uh, the you know that saying that the more you the more you know the more you don't know mm-hmm. and I um uh, about a year after I gave my life to the Lord at eighteen uh, a year after I had been reading the Bible I knew more then than I know now uh, you know because you think you do but the more you know the more you realize this is a multifaceted book like a diadem mm-hmm. in, a, in a dance floor. Uh, you know, that ball, that that crystal ball where it's just got so many angles and so many views. Um, and uh, it's just it's just amazing. It reminds me of what St. Ephraim said when he compared the Bible to a drinking fountain. He said, uh, do not be discouraged if, uh, you know, when you drink from the fountain, don't do not be discouraged at all the water that that hits the ground, but but be thankful for what you received and and know this that uh, you do not exhaust the fountain, but the fountain exhausts you, and and that's what it is with scripture. You know, you go in there and you think, oh, I'm missing so much, I'm not understanding so much. Well, that's okay. It's like the drinking fountain. Rejoice in what you got, mm-hmm. and uh, you just know that when you go back to it, there'll be more, and you're not going to exhaust it. Absolutely, and that ties into being able to consistently read the Bible to get through it in a year. But how do, would you encourage people who might get frustrated at some point in the Bible and going, it makes no sense to me, or this is boring, or 
the many, many excuses we've all used to not read it. Mm-hmm. What's your encouragement for folks to get through that? Sure. Well, I would, I would encourage people to be faithful yes. and, uh, and to know that the reading the Bible is not, is not an Olympic event that you have to accomplish and you're timed at and you're going to be tested on. <laughs> so that isn't what the Bible is about. The Bible is about coming to know the heart and the mind and the plan of God. And yeah. when, you're, when you're talking about that, who in the world would think that in one reading of the Bible, you are going to have your mind wrapped around the plan of God? I'm not talking about the plan of a president or the plan of America or the plan of the Cub Scouts. Or, you know, <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God. And, and so don't be so hard on yourself. This is a, this is a big deal. This is, this is God we're talking about. Yes. And, and that means that they, we have to do uh, many passes over the Bible, reading it, meditating on it. It's a lifetime endeavor. I get a kick out of parishes that will run the great adventure, 24-week great adventure study. Mm-hmm. Let's say they did that 10 years ago. Saint, saint somewhere and, you know, in the city of somewhere. And, and then I will say to them, oh, are you, are you running it again? They go, oh, no, we did that 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, did you? Well, good for you. I'm assuming since you're not doing it again, you got your mind wrapped around it now. And you, you do understand the whole thing and you're doing it. Oh, no, no, no. But we did it. And we're, we got some other things we're doing now. And I said, well, what about the people joining your church now? What, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Ah, I don't know. So it's something that is, uh, whether it's a great adventure or another study, people should be soaking themselves in the Bible. And uh, that is God's word. And uh, you need to be patient with yourself because you're talking about uh, a God who is infinite and all powerful. And he is revealing himself to you like uh, in baby language with scripture. <laughs> and uh, you, you just have to, to keep going at it. Absolutely. And you and Father Mike Schmitz are going to be taking a pilgrimage where you get to experience the Bible next year, I think. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're going to be going to, thanks for bringing that up. We, we're going to be going to uh, Israel in June of 2022. And we've been canceled two years in a row now because of COVID. Mm. But uh, we're, we're thinking it's going to be pretty good by June of 2022. And we are going to have an epic journey with singers, Father Mike's going to be there. A number of other phenomenal priests are going to be there. I teach about 30 times uh, at different sites around Israel. And it's going to be a life-transforming event for for particularly young people. Mm -hmm. Even though people who are in their 50s call and say, am I young? I say, yeah, you're young. So (laughs) it's really for everybody, but we really do encourage young people to join us. And and, uh, we're going to focus on on, uh, finding the will of God for your life. Very lovely. This is probably a huge question, but how does one begin to meditate with scriptures to find God's will for their life? Well, that's a good question. You know, it's um, it's something where you can't just give a two or three point talk and people are going to going to get it. Um, but I think that the the number one thing is you have to f- you start figuring out what is God's overarching will uh, for all of us. You know, what is His will for marriage? What's His will for children, raising children? What is His what is his will concerning finances or um, the widow, the orphan? You can go on and on, social justice. So we come to know his, his will, and, and that's more like uh, an objective look at, at, at the will of God. But when we look at the subjective aspect of the will of God, that is, how does, how does this pertain to me? How am I going to live out my life on earth 
in, in a way that God would want me to. And I, and I think that's a matter of prayer, discernment, um, being led by the peace of God. It's important to remember that the enemy drives, Jesus leads. And, and uh, so you got to look for that, that peace. And then to also look at the, the things that, that in a positive way, your heart is drawn toward. Um, you might find your life drawn toward the priesthood or you feel drawn towards marriage and wanting to have children, or you are drawn to living a generous single life. And uh, whatever you, you start to decide on, it's always good to get some counsel from some people who are a little bit more mature than you. Mm-hmm. They're more objective than you are. They have seen your history. They know your weaknesses and your strengths, and they can give you some objective uh, guidance on you know, what might be helpful. Uh, for you. Uh, so there's a number of things that you can do there. But the one thing you don't want to do is just sit back and do nothing and say, Lord, reveal your will to me. <laughs> Usually God's will is revealed in the course of doing the subjective aspect of his will is, is revealed in the course of living his objective will for everybody and to live the life of a disciple. And it's it's within that context that you will usually see that what God really has for you. So for example, you can say, well, I want to know what the will of God is, and I'm just going to hang out at the local bar every night until that happens. <laughs> uh, you're probably not in a good position to, to really you know, have God speak to you and deal with you. You need to be, if you know that, that, that uh, old adage, if you want to hear God, be where he's speaking. <laughs> and that is in his word, and it's in fellowship with other people. It's not necessarily the corner bar at 11 o'clock every night. Very true. Amen to all that, especially that final point. And now for my penultimate question, I'm curious to know, you have also focused some of your work towards helping parents and their kids. What's a way that you found to help kids get into the Bible and have it stay with them? Well, you know, we have the Great Adventure for Adults. We also have T3 for uh, teenagers, and we have a junior high edition of uh, the Great Adventure. Uh, those those are very, very, very helpful. And uh, you can you can get Mark Hart does those, and you can get those at Ascension at Ascension Press. I think that the 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 one a couple of things uh, that I would say about getting children into it is um, children love stories. They really do. They love stories. And I think that a regular habit of reading Bible stories to children, perhaps at bed or at breakfast in the morning before they go to school, whenever, is a very good thing to a very good thing to do. And to remember that uh, children are drawn to stories. They're not just drawn to history or theology. They're drawn to stories. You know, I can go into a room where the kids are unruly and loud and there's 25 kids in there running around and and I can say kids 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 stop stop listen to me stop stop and and they won't but I can yell out let me tell you a story and all of a sudden he gets quiet <laughs> because they like stories and um they really like it when there's a possibility that they themselves might be able to enter that story you know, they watch The Wizard of Oz and think, oh, what that would have been like to be in Oz, you know, in the Yellow Brick Road and, and, and to, you know, to, to know all these characters. Well, the, the Bible is written by the author of authors, God, and he, he does invite us into his story and he joins that story 
with us. He's not, he's not an author who just sits back and watches, but he's very active with us. And so I think focusing on story is very important. Focusing on the fact that these, as, as Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, that, that these things were written for your instruction, for your encouragement, and what can you learn from this for your own life is very important when it comes to teaching children. For everyone who wants to learn more about your work and as well as the Great Adventure Bible, where can they find you? Well, for all the Great Adventure material, you can go to ascensionpress.com and uh, all my studies are there. The books are available there. If you're interested in Israel or my speaking schedule or anything, you can go to jeffcavens.com and uh, you can find out about it. Also, if you're interested in a, a, a group Bible study, uh, you can get a hold of Ascension. If you want to go through a group Bible study on discipleship, you can go to cistudent.com. That's cistudent.com. We have group studies on discipleship as well. Perfect. And of course, we'll put all those links on in our show notes for anyone who's listening. You can find those anytime you'd like. But Jeff, thank you so much for, one, all your work. I've really enjoyed the podcast. I've enjoyed the Great Adventure series, but it's a joy to talk to you. And I am really excited to hear more about your pilgrimages and other work. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it very much. And thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Our- all right. And that was, once more, Mr. Jeff Cavins. He is the author of the Great Adventure Bible Timeline Study Series, which you can find through Ascension Press. I'll give all those links in the show notes. I also recommend going to jeffcavens.com, where you can learn more about his pilgrimages, find his podcast, and see some of his talks, especially from the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast. Uh, We'll have more shows coming up later this month, as well as in October. I'm going to have a little more Father Looney. And eh, we'll see where we go. If you have a subject or someone you would like me to cover, I always appreciate suggestions. Can't always respond, but I do appreciate them. If you also have time, check out Coast to Coast AM. Uh, I'll be a guest on the show talking about angels. That's going to be Coast to Coast AM on Friday the 24th. And I think you'll be able to find it in like YouTube, places like that afterwards. But yeah, always attract some interesting people. Anyways, I thank you all for listening. Have a lovely day lovely week. God love you.